Hi, welcome to Stories After Midnight. I'm really glad you're here. Today we'll be continuing on a series about a small diner in the middle of nowhere. Some of you have been really wondering about uh, which part's coming next and if there will be more. So here we are. If you liked the video, hope you stick around to the end. And in the meantime, let's get started. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's been a while since I've made any updates for this. Sorry, y'all. I've been processing. I guess. It's been an interesting time recently. It took me a while before I felt like I could finally write this. I don't really know what else to say here, so I suppose there's no place to start but the beginning. In my very first post on here, I was careful not to reveal personal information on who I was talking about, but that doesn't really matter anymore. She knows about all of this now. After the dust settled, I asked her if I could make an update, and she said yes. She's also given me permission to share her name. It's Nadia, which is a lovely name if I do say so myself. But anyways, I'll get to the point. I've been hoping for all these years that our reunion would be happy. She'd come in with the weight she'd been carrying all these years, taken off her shoulders, and an amazing story of triumph and survival to tell. That wasn't the case. Instead, she came in all battered and bruised, her face and body gaunt, and a look of absolute defeat in her eyes. I could barely recognize her. If I'm being honest, I couldn't even begin to imagine what she'd endured to put her in such a state. I still remember how the plate I was holding shattered against the floor of the diner when my body nearly stopped working as the shock of who I was seeing hit me. Just like the way she flinched from the sound, her body tensing up almost instantly as her gaze began to shift around the room, searching for dangers. But most of all, I remember the words she'd said. It's taken everything from me. Everyone. That's why I've come here. So I could warn you. I don't know if you'll hate me for dragging you into this all those years ago and for coming back now, but I had to. She had sighed, tucking her messy brown hair behind her ears before continuing to speak, her dark eyes avoiding my own. All those years ago... You did something for me. You were kind. You chose to care for me, even though you had no reason to. And because of that, you've been a beacon for me all these years. The knowledge that there's a, at least a little bit of good left in the world, and, and it doesn't like that. It wants me alone. Isolated. That's why I've been hurting them. Because it knows that if I have nobody left, I'll give up. And you're the only one left. So it's going to come for you. Nadia seems different. Her voice was monotone, distant-sounding. Unlike how I'd remembered her, she no longer seemed scared anymore. She just seemed done. Done with hiding from being hunted from the hell that was her life. But this was her last stand. I'm so sorry, she whispered. But as I stared at her, I felt no anger. I don't know why she thought I would. Perhaps she thought that her warning me also meant leading it here? Because if that was the case, I'd certainly prefer that option over it killing me before I had a chance to prepare. And by prepare, I meant go home and get the shotgun. I took a cautious step closer, reaching over to take her hand in mine. She flinched, but didn't make a move to pull away. I... I hesitated, trying to find the right words. I'm not angry with you. I mean, I'm not really excited at the prospect of that thing coming after me, but any warning is better than nothing, right? She laughed, albeit shakily. How long do we have? 
I asked, trying to keep my voice as steady as possible for her sake. Nadia only gave me a small shrug. It seems to only come out at night. I was moving all day yesterday and most of this morning, so if we're lucky, tomorrow night? But given my track record, I doubt it. She was still avoiding my gaze, but from what I could see of her eyes, she was holding back tears. I squeezed her hand, trying to embody courage that I didn't feel. Nadia, look at me. Her dark eyes flicked upwards to meet mine. You said it took everyone else away from you, right? She nodded. Then it would have come after me either way. At least now I have a fighting chance. I've always been strangely calm when I'm in danger. I used to joke that my fear response was backwards. I'm calm when people should be panicked and panicky when nothing is wrong. Maybe my brain understands that if I panic when I'm in danger, I would drown in it instead of helping me to get to safety. So it turns that part off. That's just a guess, though. I'm not a scientist or nothing. I took a deep breath. I still had that feeling of sinking dread in my stomach, but the rest of me was calm. Or more like, empty, I guess. Here's what we're going to do. The two of us left the diner after I explained my plan to head back to my home. At that moment, I remember having two priorities. The first was saying goodbye. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it through the night, but if I wasn't, I was saying proper goodbyes. I wasn't sure if my husband would believe me, but I'd told him Nadia's story before. If someone shows up with the exact same story and same impossible scar, that's pretty damning evidence in my opinion. The second I'd mentioned earlier, the shotgun. My husband enjoys hunting, so we have a 10-gauge in the house, and I've come with him on a few trips. Turns out hunting animals isn't something I enjoy, but I do know how to use a gun. My husband was skeptical at first, but oh boy, if you see Nadia in that moment, you'd just know she wasn't lying. There's nothing in the world that couldn't convince me of that. At first we argued. A lot. Obviously he wasn't on board with what I was planning on doing. I mean, who wouldn't be? But if that thing was coming after me, I was not going to drag him or my baby girl into it. This might be a bit strange to say, given what happened. But I think out of everything that happened that night, saying goodbye to them was the worst. At least my husband understood the gravity of the situation, and he knew there wasn't much we could do to avoid it. He was devastated, of course, but he knew why I had to go. If I was dying that night, the only goal I had would be keeping my family safe. My daughter, on the other hand, was a different story. She's so little, I couldn't possibly explain all this to her. I've spent the last few years convincing her that monsters aren't real. How could I possibly tell her differently now? I hugged her tight and told her I would be back soon. She gave me that sideways little smile she's always had and wandered off to play with her toys again. And that was it. I was leaving my house and driving off into the woods. Far away from where my loved ones could be collateral damage. In the forest near my home, there's the small abandoned shack. It's easy enough to get to. I used to go to parties there back in high school, but far away from other people. The two of us slipped inside as the sun began to fade and the temperature dropped. Huddling together in a corner as we waited for the thing to follow us, to what we hoped would be its final resting place. Nadia was curled in a corner, seemingly trying to make herself as small as she could. She rocked back and forth ever so slightly, pulling her thick cardigan tighter around herself as she did. For the first time that day, she looked well and truly terrified. Do you think it'll work? Her voice was shaky, barely above a whisper. I shrugged. I'm not sure, if I'm being honest. 
But if I know one thing, I'm going to blow that monster's head off. She gave me a weak smile. I'd like to mention at this point that I'm in no way a very violent person. Hell, at that point, the most damage I'd ever done to a person, or person-like thing, was when I'd punched the girl who'd been spreading rumors about a friend back in 10th grade. But this had been different. After hearing this girl's story, I knew that if I ever came face to face with this monster, all that was going out the window. And so we waited. The hours passed and the woods around us darkened, every sound morphing into a potential danger. The moonlight filtered in through the broken windows, bathing the room in an eerie glow. The two of us sat rigid, Nadia's hand clutching the hunting knife my husband had given her, and mine around my gun. As we flinched at the sounds of every passing animal or snapping twig, but for a while things were quiet, neither of us really having anything to talk about at that moment. At some point during the night, Nadia had begun crying. She buried her head in her knees, and my hand drifted to cover hers, trying to offer some minuscule amount of comfort. I wish I could have said something to help her in that moment, but my mind was blank. The two of us were facing the monster that had haunted her every waking moment for the past five years, who'd taken away everyone she'd cared about, reduced her to a shell of a person whose only hope was to live another day. Holding her hand as she cried was all I could think of doing. The next few hours were spent in utter silence. Everything around us was so still, so quiet, that I'd almost let my guard down. But that was until a look of pure fear crossed Nadia's tear-stained face. Her eyes grew wild as she pressed herself further into the walls of the shack, blindly pointing her knife in the direction of the door. It's coming, she whispered. Oh my god, it's coming, it's coming but before I could say or do anything to calm her down, a new sound caught my attention. Heavy footsteps making their way towards us. With every passing second, they only grew louder. Twigs and dead leaves outside snapped under the force. I was frozen in place, a shotgun aimed at the sound, ready to unleash hell on whatever came through that door. But I wasn't ready. I couldn't think of a single scenario where I would be prepared to process what stood in front of me. A single knock echoed through the room as the flimsy wooden door splintered and I just froze. A single blow from the thing had been enough to take the door completely off its hinges. Heavy footsteps slowly and deliberately making their way towards the shack. I jumped to my feet, entering a defensive stance with my gun trained on the door. But as the thing slammed against the door and I watched it collapse under the force, acid eating through the wood like it was nothing, I simply froze. The horrors I'd been imagining didn't nearly do the thing justice. But the very first thing I noticed was just how wrong it looked. Somewhat human-looking, but every fiber of my being was screaming that this was not a human. The thing's impossibly tall frame towered over both me and Nadia, with sickly pale skin that seemed to just barely stretch over its bones, shoulders and elbows jutting out to the point I was surprised that they hadn't tore through the skin itself. Its mouth was split open in what seemed to be some horrible imitation of a grin, revealing rows of pointed, rotted teeth speckled with dark blood. It wore the scraps of what once could have been a camouflage uniform, but the remaining fabric was so dirtied and stained from the years of rough travel, along with it seemingly being soaked with what blood made it near impossible for me to fully tell. I stared at it for a moment 
desperately trying to comprehend what I was looking at when it lunged towards me. I don't really remember what happened next. My mind just went blank and my reflexes took over, and I aimed my shotgun and fired a round into its head. All of a sudden, the thing was no longer moving towards me, instead crumpling onto the floor in less than a second. The impact from the bullet blew apart its face, blood and brain matter exploding outwards and covering every nearby surface in a thin layer of gore. The walls, the ground, my clothing, everything. And then there was just... silence. Neither of us dared to move. I stood there for a while, staring at the body on the floor, ears ringing and hands still gripping the gun tightly, as Nadia eventually took a very small step closer to the creature. Do you think it's dead? At the sound of her voice, the monster twitched. I shouldn't have been able to, but it did. Somehow it began to drag itself off of the floor, bent in two long limbs, causing it to stumble like a baby animal, as the featureless, bloody mess that had once been its face turned in Nadia's direction. I like to think I'm brave, that I can protect people, so the fact that I wasn't able to do anything but stand there watching as the creature advanced on my friend is something that I still feel guilty over whenever I think about it. I thought I was going to watch her die, and then Nadia drew her knife. And suddenly she was on top of the thing, plunging the blade into its chest and jugular veins over and over as the desperate scream of agony and rage ripped its way from her throat. It began to thrash underneath her, hands swinging blindly at her as she ducked to avoid them and moving to bury the blade in its shoulders and hands instead. Within moments, the knife had been burned away by the thing's acidic touch, but the damage was already done. Nadia slowly stepped off the now lifeless body on the floor, wiping her eyes with blood-stained hands. She crouched down next to the creature and, silent and unmoving beneath her, and whispered something to it. I don't know what she said. It isn't any of my business, after all. But as soon as she stood up, all the fear and hardness fell away from her face. She looked exhausted, but for the first time since I knew her, I could see a genuine smile cross her face. We burned the shack. I already had seen the thing regenerate once, and while I was pretty sure she killed it, I wasn't taking any chances. As it burned, I'd gone back to the car to get some food and medical supplies for the various injuries we'd sustained, but Nadia wouldn't take her eyes off the shack until it was nothing but blackened wood and ash. By some miracle, neither of our wounds were too severe. I got out with a few nasty scrapes and bruises, and Nadia had another burn, although not nearly as serious as her first one. And then the two of us went home. It's been a bit of a blur since then. The diner was closed for like three weeks as I recovered, and thankfully my neighbors didn't pry about my whereabouts, much further than my husband's explanation of some vague yet horrible medical emergency, which is probably a miracle in itself. Nadia's been staying with my family since everything happened, which has been doing okay. It'll be a long road after everything she's been through, I'm sure, but I know she'll be able to get through it. I've been having a hard time recently, too. I'm a lot more on edge and jumpy than I used to be, and I've had some pretty awful nightmares as well, but I suppose that's understandable. I've just been taking it day by day. That's really all I can do after all. But Nadia's monster's dead and my family is safe, so I think that things will be okay from here. That's the end of the story. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
Uh, if you did, and you're on YouTube, consider liking the video and helping me out against the YouTube algorithm. And leave a comment if you want to interact with me, or you can join my Discord, it's pretty cool. If you want to do more than that though, we do have a Patreon, uh, or YouTube membership, so if you'd like to support the channel financially and help pay for future series and stuff like that, help keep the lights on. Also, if you're a writer, or you'd like to have a story um, sorry, read by me, you can find a link in the description where you can send in your stories. So that's cool. With all that said, I really hope you enjoyed the video, and uh, I guess we'll see you in the next one.